Davis Financial Advisors is a branch office of and securities offered through Independent Financial Group, member FINRA and SIPC. Sean Davis is a registered representative of Independent Financial Group. The interpretation and organization of these ideas are the confidential thoughts of Sean Davis and do not necessarily represent the opinions of IFG Incorporated. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, including market fluctuation, possible loss of principal value or liquidity, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment strategy will be profitable. And now, Uncommon Investments and Resources presented by Davis Financial Advisors, independent investment services for pursuing your investment goals. Here's your host, Sean Davis. Welcome to the show. You're listening to Uncommon Investments and Resources presented by Davis Financial Advisors, and I happen to be your humble host. My name is is Sean Davis. I'm going to be your host for the next hour as we discuss a myriad of different things. And um, the reason I'm doing this show today is is if you have a financial advisor, or if you don't, I think one of the critical questions that you should be asking anybody that you are working with, anybody that you might expect to work with, or if you're doing it yourself, is you know what gives you the arrogance or what gives them the arrogance to think that they can help you? I think that there's a lot of challenges out there right now in the markets today. We've got China woes. I call it the China syndrome. You've got EU slowing. We've got the Fed that they were going to raise rates, then they backed off. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff uh, spooking the market and um, making it really volatile. And I think an important question that you'd want to ask your financial advisor or yourself is what gives you the arrogance to think that you can navigate this? How are you going to how are you going to weather this um, this volatility that we're seeing? The answer to that question speaks to two things, uh, philosophy and resources. So, Part of my discussion today is I want to give you a little bit of a of a heads up on me. You know what my background is, why I do what I do. You may not know why I do a radio show or why I'm a financial advisor, and I want to share that with you because I think it's important to understand who you're who you're listening to right now. Um, but then, more importantly, I want to talk about how different we think our philosophy is from most, and I think it's it's a philosophy that we think is very apropos and applicable to this current investment environment that we're in, and. And maybe it's uh, you, you know right up your alley, maybe it's not, but I'm going to spend some time talking about philosophy, and then I'm going to share some really strategic insights into a, an investment model that we've researched a lot that has had an incredible track record over the last 20 years, and we think it's one of the best diversified models we've been able to find. And so I'm going to uh, drill down a little deeper into that a little later in the show. So, you know, you've heard me before on the station, but you may not know why I do this, why I do why I have a show. Uh, or why I'm a financial advisor. And I got into the business to help people uh, hopefully make better investment decisions with their savings. And I've always been good at math, and I was passionate about financial concepts and strategies, and it seemed like a logical and natural fit to pursue a career in the financial services industry. So I get, began my formal career back in 97, and I began my career working with a large life insurance company, a company you'd recognize the name of. Now, to be perfectly candid, I had three primary investments in my toolbox that I could use to represent at this insurance company. Number one, life insurance, obviously, annuities, and equities in the stock market. Suffice it to say that the only options for growing my client's investment portfolio were linked to the stock market. The chassis or the framework for building their wealth was dependent on a strong, favorable stock market environment. I call that strategy today stock market good. The only way you're successful, the only way you win, the only way you don't lose money is if the stock market continues to go up. Kind of one-dimensional, in my opinion, but that's what I had to work with back then. Now, I began my career at a time that was great for the markets. Back in 1997, almost everything in the stock market was doing well. 
I began my career at a time when the stock market was on a bull market run straight up to the sun, it felt like. Um, It was that time of irrational exuberance, when it felt as though you couldn't do anything wrong. It was a great time for a young guy like me at the time to get his investing prowess confused with a bull market. It was amazing how much I felt like Warren Buffett back then. I mean, it's an easy feeling to have when it appears that you have the Midas touch. I mean, some of you listening know exactly what I talked about. How how big, how much of a giant, how much of a titan did you feel like when everything you touched was going nothing but straight up? You know, it was a great time. I know that you know what I'm talking about. And you may have had some of those same feelings back then. And and for me, everything I touched seemed to to go up. It seemed easy. However, my illusions of grandeur came to an end in March of 2000. Uh, You all know that that was the beginning of the tech implosion. That's when the stock market began to implode with the tech sector leading the way. And over the next 20 months, I had a lot of people that I had worked with lose a lot of money. Now, just for a moment, I want you to think about that. Imagine being a financial advisor that truly cares about your clients, cares about their stories, their life experiences, their hardships encountered on the way to quote-unquote retirement. Imagine that they are your clients, and imagine what it might feel like to have them lose 20% of their 20, 30 years of savings, or 30%, or 40% or more. How would that make you feel? Would it make you sleep well, or maybe not so well? Imagine the tough conversations that took place. I mean, I began what I call now my great apology tour. I went back to my clients and had to tell some of them I didn't think that they would be able to retire when we had forecasted that they might retire. I had to tell some clients that had retired a year or two before that they might not be able to stay retired long term if this persisted or got worse. Imagine what those conversations might have felt like. Candidly, you know, I'm talking to you out there, I felt knee-high to an ant. I mean, I felt like I should crawl into a rock and probably not come out again. I mean, it was just, it was a tough environment. And I was candidly shocked that so many of them had lost that much money. I mean, I'd tried so hard to get my clients diversified. I'd focused on hand-selecting investments in the stock market that I felt were diversified. I'd used Morningstar reports to select small cap, mid cap, large cap, value, growth, international stocks, and and funds. I, I'd even selected some sector-specific investments like energy, pharmaceuticals, telecommunications, etc. The reality is that I had spent hundreds of hours trying to strategize on how to get my clients appropriately diversified, never suspecting that almost everything that was traded in the markets would lose value when the stock market had a really bad year. That is not what diversification is supposed to look like. Let me say that again. If every one of your investments is negatively affected when the stock market has a really bad year, that is not investment diversification, in my opinion. Diversification should look differently, act differently. The investments should not all fall together. But that is exactly what happened when the stock market fell back in 2000, 2001. To be honest, I wanted to get out of the business. It was tough having those conversations. The biggest concern that I had was, How could I possibly stay in the business, look people in the eyes, and tell them that I think I can help them when I felt like nothing regarding the outcome of the situation was really in my control? I'm a person that has to believe in what I'm doing in order to do it. I'm a straight shooter. If I can help you, I'll tell you that I think I can help you. And if I can't help you, then I'll tell you that as well. What I was struggling with was... I knew the stock market would fall again at some point in the future, and if diversification didn't work the first time, how would it work the next time? 
And I believe firmly, I believe that a financial advisor should bring you knowledge, information, and resources that you cannot easily come by on your own. Otherwise, what's the point of having one? I was struggling with whether or not I was bringing value to my clients. I was candidly wondering why my clients shouldn't fire me, then buy an index fund and hope they had good timing. Think about that for the moment. Why shouldn't you just fire your advisor, buy an index fund, and, and hope you have good timing? You know, that's a critical question, and I think a lot of advisors should answer that question. So I'm, I'm going to continue more. That's just a little history, and I'm going to talk about what I found out about real diversification when I get back from the break. But, you know, I've got a couple things I'd like to give you as part of this uh, show today. I've got a Davis Financial Advisors call to action. It's called The Case for a Second Opinion on your investment planning. Five reasons why now is the time. Take me up on this offer. Now is a really good time to get a second opinion. We're heading into the end of the year. We got the balance of the beginning of the year. We got a lot of market turmoil. We got China issues. And I just think it's an important important time to get a second opinion. I'm also going to send you uh, Davis Financial Advisors Millionaire Handbook. It's called 22 Urgent Portfolio Moves to Consider Before Year End. Both of these are yours simply if you call 800-682-2806. It's toll-free, 800-682-2806. Take advantage of the offer. We all know somebody who's had the cancer scare or even had to deal with the disease. Heart issues, significant health matters. Once diagnosed, many, if not most, immediately got a second opinion on what they were told in the treatment options. It's a very serious matter, your health. And next in line is your financial health. So many people never consider a second opinion on their financial health for no good reason. Why put that off? Why not get another look, another way to accomplish the objectives? You still have the ability to choose to stay the course or to make a change. At least you know there are options. Now is the time to take that action to get a second opinion. In medical terms, one might say the stock market is acting unpredictably. It needs a checkup. Is it well? Healthy? There's a case to be made that it is not. Don't find yourself caught in an unhealthy financial situation. Get a second opinion by calling Davis Financial Advisors at 1-800-682-2806 or visit them online at davisfinancialadvisors.com. So much information, it's like drinking from a fire hose. Here's Sean Davis. Welcome back to the show. Sean Davis on your radio, talking about your money, Talking about your investments, talking about uh, philosophy and diversification today. It's a challenging time to be an investor uh, right now. We've got the whole world slowing. Uh, we've got the China syndrome. We've got um, slowing in Europe. We've got market volatility. We've got the Fed, possible interest rate increases. And I think that there's uh, quite a few landmines everywhere. And um, one of the reasons I, I'm doing this show today is I want to share with you uh, an idea or a concept of, a, of an extremely diversified model, one of the best models that we think we found for real investment diversification. I'm going to share that with you later. Uh, just to give you a little teaser, a 20-year track record, 13.9% per year is pretty stellar. And so I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about and how they achieved that in uh, a little later in the show. But Beyond that, I think it's a, it's a really important time right now to get a second opinion. And so I've got a couple different things I'm going to give you if you phone us at 800-682-2806. I've got a Davis Financial Advisors call to action. You've got to be proactive. You've got you to call this number, 800-682-2806. It's called The Case for a Second Opinion on Your Investment Planning. The five reasons why now is the time. And I'm also going to give you another one called Davis Financial Advisors Millionaire Handbook. It's 22 urgent portfolio moves to consider before year end. So this is time sensitive. 
I'll give you a complimentary copy of both. So it's urgent, time-sensitive, if you call 800-682-2806. My team's standing by. They're going to ask you a few brief, simple questions, and then we're going to get this information out to you today via regular mail or email, whichever you prefer. So um, I was telling you a little bit about how I got into the business, and then when the technology bubble uh, burst, I had to do my grand apology tour back with my clients. And, and one of the things that stuck in my craw a bit, it was a burr in my saddle, it was a pebble in my shoe, and it was, it was annoying. And it was this idea that how did this happen when I thought my clients were diversified? I thought they had a whole bunch of different investments, and it felt like they were diversified when you looked at the statements. But when the stock market had a really bad year, it didn't act like it was diversified. So, you know, I had some really difficult decisions to make. I, I really felt that, that if I was going to stay in the business, honor my clients, and hopefully safeguard their money in the future, I had to find out if there were other ways to invest money that weren't as directly linked to the stock market. And so here's what I began to do. I began to look outside my industry. Uh, generally speaking, the financial services industry uh, is substantially the stock market industry. Some firms have built their reputation on representing the stock market alone. Um, so I began to research how big Fortune 500 companies invested their money. How do Fortune 500 companies handle their cash, and how do they diversify their assets? How did big pension funds of the past invest money to make sure retirees were supplied with the retirement benefits promised, the income. You know, look at the pension funds. You know, they did it for decades and decades and decades. How did they achieve diversification? Another question that's important is how do billionaires invest their money? You know, they have all their money with a Schwab guy or did they do other things beside that? And what would those other things look like? Uh, did they only focus on the market, or did they invest in other ways? How do the big college endowment funds diversify their wealth? Uh, do they focus only on the stock market, or did they look beyond the stock market and diversify in other ways? I spent two years trying to educate myself, nights and weekends, on what else was out there. What else was available in the investment world to me and my clients to hopefully produce a better version of real diversification? And I got to tell you, I learned a lot. What I learned changed me. It gave me hope that there might be investments out there that wouldn't fall when the stock market fell and thus hopefully produce a better version of diversification for my clients. Does that mean that those investments are foolproof or without risk? Absolutely not. No. This is still investing. It's putting money at risk in the hopes of getting a better return. And whenever you invest, you can lose money. However, my belief is that if you're truly diversified with your investments, the risk of catastrophic loss goes down. And remember, diversification cannot eliminate the risk of investment loss. So the name of my radio show is called Uncommon Investments and Resources. The name implies that we, as a firm, are uncommon, that we have resources and investments that are different. Now, that might really appeal to you, or it might be the opposite of what you're looking for. That said, I think that this is a very pivotal time in the markets. I think that there's a lot of uncertainties out there that could have a major effect on your portfolio. And I don't want you to have one of those very unsettling, very uncomfortable conversations with your advisor whereby he or she tells you that you might not be able to stay retired or that your retirement goal will have to be put off for years to come. So throughout the rest of the show, I'm going to talk to you about diversification and what you should, what it should look like and how we try to accomplish it at our firm. Just to be clear, at Davis Financial Advisors, we represent both investments within the stock market and investments outside the stock market. We believe that most investors should have some part of their investment portfolio in both traditional and non-traditional investments. We believe most investors should have both 
But the percentages or the relationship between those two can vary uh, dramatically depending on who you are and what you're trying to accomplish. So continuing with the theme, one of the first things that I want to tackle is this myth of diversification in traditional investments. If you go back and take a look at one of the pillars of Financial Portfolio Investment 101, it's this concept of diversification. And we're constantly told that you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. And it's important to spread things out and make sure that you're not too heavily concentrated in any one area. And we're often given examples of Enron and the fall of WorldCom and Tyco as examples of what not to do or why you should be diversifying. Uh, the biggest proponents of diversification are typically advisors in my industry. They tell us that you need to keep balance. They often say we need to have some small companies, some mid-sized companies, some large companies in the portfolio. And then they'll say that you need to keep a balance between companies that are value and companies that are growth. And then they tell us to, you know, for extra measure that you might want to get some international exposure. Uh, that way you're not just limited to the United States. So the premise of these various investments is that they're not supposed to move the same way. The theory of don't have all your eggs in one basket is that if you drop a basket, you don't lose all your eggs. The premise is that others will be fine because they did not fall. Uh, we've all heard it. I know you've heard it at least a thousand times. The strategy makes good sense. It just doesn't work in the traded equities markets alone. Let me say that again. If you're substantially in the stock market today, I'm talking to you. If most of your investment portfolio is limited or exclusively in the traded markets, let me say this again. It's my opinion that you as an individual investor cannot get real diversification in the stock market alone. It's a nice discussion point, but it's not a reality. And the reason why is this concept called correlation or co-movement. Most of the market tends to move with most of the market. It moves in a similar direction. Now, I know it's a bold statement to say that diversification is not possible in the stock market alone, but that gives you some sort of an insight into me. You know, we're different. We do think differently. We do think outside the box, and, and I can show you. I can give you examples. If you come into our office, I'll show you exactly what I mean. I'll have you name off five to seven or ten different investment companies, uh, different companies, stocks that you, you might have, and we'll look at how well they are diversified, how well they do at not moving together under different events. And you're, I think you'll come to the conclusion that I'm right, that it's very difficult to get true diversification in the stock market alone. You will see... Now, when the market moved up, your accounts were up. When it went down, your accounts were down. If your investments move up and down together with the rest of the stock market, how is that diversification? Is that your definition of diversification? Does that make sense to you? Do you want to do something about that? Would you like to have investments that don't move with the stock market? This is one of the main reasons I titled my show Uncommon Investments and Resources. The stuff that we do is different and is uncommon, and we think it's accretive or beneficial to helping somebody achieve a broader level of diversification. So let's, let's pivot a second. Let's talk about the subject of buy and hold next. It was always conventional wisdom that you purchase investments for the long run, that there are many that say that you cannot time the market. Now, to be fair, most of the people that say that are in my industry. Most advisors will say you cannot time the market. You need to be in it for the long haul. Stay the course. You don't want to make an emotional decision. And when the stock market falls, they say, don't sell now. It's only a paper loss. You'll lock in your losses. <laughs> I'm sure you're all familiar with these slogans and phrases. And yeah, to some degree, they're right. And to some degree, I, I philosophically object. You know, let's look at the last 15 years. How many times has the market let you down in the last 15 years? Probably twice. Uh, some of you, maybe not even back where you were back in 2008. Shoot, some of you, and you know who I'm talking to. Some of you, maybe not even back to where you were back in March of 2000. And how long are you supposed to wait? 
have you ever really calculated how much growth you've really achieved on your portfolio? How much of what you have in the last 20 or 30 years is what you put in along the way? What is the real return that you've achieved? Ben, have you ever really gone through that process? No, I'm sorry. I get it. You know, I understand. Some of you don't want to go through that process because you already sense in your gut what the answer is. And you know that the answer is, but to solidify, it would be disappointing. My industry certainly doesn't want you to figure that out because uh, they might lose a client if you did. At some point in your life, you will realize that if the stock market falls big again, you don't always have 10 or more years to wait for things to come back up again. Let me say it again. At some point in your life, you'll reach a point in time where you can't just wait for things to come back up again. You don't have that luxury. Maybe retirement's two years from now, and if it falls big now, you're not going to have the luxury of waiting. Or maybe you're already retired. I mean, if it fell big and you lost 50%, could you wait another 10 years and not take any income to wait for it to grow back? I mean, I think you sense what I'm saying. You need to consider that there are other things out there that you might be able to do. Now, if any of what I'm saying is making sense to you, then I'd strongly encourage you to get two things from us. You can get them for calling us uh, toll-free, 800-682-2806. As a way of introduction, I'm going to give you two things. I've got a Davis Financial Advisors call to action. It's the case for a second opinion on your investment planning, five reasons why now is the time. I'm going to send that to you. It's about 31, 32 pages. I'm also going to give you a, a millionaire handbook, 22 urgent portfolio moves to consider before year end. Uh, both of them, a little over 60 pages of information, both of them are yours if you phone us at 800-682-2806. Now, when I return, it's what you've been waiting for. I've got an example of what we believe real diversification might look like. It's a model portfolio out there in the real investment world that's had a 20-year track record of 13.9% per year. You don't want to miss this. Have you ever dragged your feet on something and wished that you had taken action? Maybe a car you didn't buy, a house you didn't make an offer on, an investment that you didn't follow through with? Is this the case with your portfolio today? Have you been thinking about a second opinion, but it just hasn't been the right time? Now is the time. Don't procrastinate. The market has become twitchy. It's bouncing. Are you in the right position to continue to grow or at very least withstand the market adjustment? Has your broker suggested you sell while the market hovers at all-time highs? If not, do you have a plan when to sell? Is there a strategy, a trigger point that protects your assets? If not selling now at the very top, then when? The case for a second opinion has never been stronger. Don't repeat regret with, I should have. Now is the time to act on your good instinct and knowledge. Get a second opinion on your retirement position by calling Davis Financial Advisors now. 1-800-682-2806. 1-800-682-2806. Or visit them online at davisfinancialadvisors.com. Welcome back to the show. Sean Davis on... Your radio, talking about your investments, talking about your retirement money, talking about philosophy, and more importantly, diversification. What does it mean to be really diversified on the investment front? Do you have it? Do you know? Maybe you feel or sense that you don't. Well, that's why we're talking, and i got a couple things I'd like to give you if you're just joining the show. I've got a call to action. Let me implore you. Let me tell you. Let me encourage you that uh, now is a time to get a second opinion. We'd love to give you one. Um, obviously, we do the show. We're, we're uh, a financial advisory firm up in Auburn, but we'd love to give you a second opinion. So I've got a call to action, the case for a second opinion on your investment planning, 
five reasons why now is the time. And I'm also going to give you uh, what we call a Davis Financial Advisors Millionaire Handbook. It's 22 urgent portfolio moves to consider before year end. Uh, both are yours for the simple price of a phone call, 800-682-2806. My team's standing by. They're going to ask you a few brief, simple, short questions. Once we get the answer to these questions, we'll send this information out to you today via email or regular mail, whichever you prefer. So, you know, we've been talking about the income and the different, the non-traditional this past half hour. I told you a little bit about my background, my grand apology tour when the tech bubble imploded, and I wanted to have an answer. I, you know, I couldn't reconcile how not diversified my clients were because everything had fallen, even though we had 55 different names on their account statements. And so uh, we've been talking about whether or not you can get true investment diversification in the equities market alone or the stock market. And I've made the case that at best, it's really difficult to get true diversification in the stock market alone. It's a nice concept, but very difficult to achieve if your investments all correlate or move together. And we've also been discussing the uh, you know the old tired mantra of buy and hold may not always work under different cycles. You may not have the luxury of waiting another 10 years. So he- here's a couple of questions for you. Are you tired of the ups and downs of the stock market? Um, do you feel like you've made real progress in building your wealth? Maybe yes, maybe no. Do you think or feel that there has to be something else out there for you to invest in? Maybe you just don't know the options. Maybe you just don't know where that is at, what it looks like. Do you wish that there were more options for you than stocks, bonds, and or bank assets? You might be a good candidate for modeling the investment strategies of endowment funds. Most of the big private universities out there have some sort of an endowment fund. It's an endowment is an investment fund set up by an institution in which regular withdrawals from the invested capital are used for ongoing operations and other specified purposes. Think of the endowment fund as the retirement fund for a college. You know, they live on the income that it provides. They want to preserve it and they want to grow it into the future. Uh, Endowment funds are often used by nonprofits, universities, hospitals, and churches for long-term financial needs. They're funded by donations, which are potentially tax-deductible for the donors. An endowment fund is meant to last forever. University endowments once invested primarily in stocks and bonds. One can think of endowment-style investing as flipping this paradigm around regarding traditional investor allocations and diversifications. Now at the core of a portfolio, uh, some endowments, maybe even a majority of them, would put things like absolute return funds, private equity, and real assets, uh, real estate, commodities. Uh, One would complete the portfolio by adding traditional assets, maybe the market, etc. So... You know, I've been telling you a little bit about the fact that I think it's really, really difficult to get real investment diversification in the stock market alone. I think it's a nice concept. I think when the market's doing well, um, a lot of investments are like skyscrapers. They all reach different heights. But when the market has a really bad month, a bad quarter, a bad year, it's it's like a landslide. It's like coming across all those buildings at the 30th floor and chopping them off at their knees. It seems like it all falls together. So I want to talk to you for a minute about one of the best examples I've seen out there of a really diversified investment portfolio. And it's an endowment fund, and it's actually the Yale Endowment Fund. Yale's longtime chief investment officer, a gentleman by the name of David Swenson, pioneered a new strategy, a different approach. He thought outside the box, and he found better returns in less traditional vehicles like hedge funds, private equity partnerships, real estate. And Yale's endowment earned... um, a 20.2% investment return for the year ending June 30th, 2014. Um, the endowment value grew from $20.8 billion on June 30th, 2013 
to $23.9 billion on June 30th, 2014, net of their investment spending. So the university benefited from investment gains of almost $4 billion. Bucks. Spending from the endowment for Yale's 2015 fiscal year is projected to be about $1.1 billion, representing approximately 34% of the university's net revenues. Endowment distributions to the operating budget have nearly doubled in the last decade. In other words, their success has allowed them to spend more money at the college level. The university's long-term results remain in the top tier of institutional investors. Yale's endowment returned 11% per year over the last 10 years, ending June 30, 2014, surpassing broad market results for domestic stocks, which only returned 8.4% annually, and for domestic bonds, which returned 4.9% annually. Relative to the estimated 7.6% average return of college and university endowments over the past decade, Yale's investment performance added $8.4 billion of value in the form of increased spending and enhanced endowment value. Uh, during the 10-year period, the endowment grew from 12.7 to 23.9 billion. Incredible. Under the stewardship of David Swinson, Yale's chief investment officer, the university endowment grew from 3.5 billion to 23.9 billion in the last 20 years. Do you know what that means in terms of an annual return? Over the past two decades, Yale's endowment generated returns of 13. 19.9% per year compared to the estimated 9.2% average return of college and university endowments, you know, their peer group. Yale's investment performance added a ton of value and they did it a completely different way than what you might expect. And I use it as an example uh, of what I think real diversification might look at look like. They're not centric to the stock market. Interestingly enough, I'll tell you how little they have in the market. But most endowment funds have managed very conservative growth and income in a market that has been substantially volatile by making sure that very little of their funds move with the broader, quote-unquote, stock market. Now, to be fair, not all endowments have had stellar track records. Uh, some were really clobbered and lost significant value during the financial crisis. Uh, that's why it's still important to remember that this is still investing, which is putting money at risk for the chance at making more money. There is no secret sauce, but I do believe strongly that a more real and broader version of diversification, like the example of Yale um, and how they use it, is a better version of an all-weather investing portfolio than one that's only invested in the stock market alone. So how did Yale achieve that performance over that time period? How did they do it? That's a great question, and I'm going to answer it when I get back from the break, but I will tell you this. I will, I will tease you a bit and tell you one thing. They achieved that 13.9% 20-year rolling track record with only 6% of their portfolio in the stock market. Isn't that interesting? I'll tell you what the other 94% is, but before I go to break, I want to give you an opportunity to get some information. i got a call to action, the case for a second opinion on your investment planning, five reasons why now is the time. I'll send that to you if you call me at 800-682-2806. I'm also going to give you... The Davis Financial Advisors Millionaire Handbook, 22 urgent portfolio moves to consider before year-end. Uh, that one also, about 30 pages, so almost 60 pages in total, is yours if you call us at 800-682-2806. Now, when I return, I will tell you 
Yale's secret sauce recipe for achieving diversification. I'll tell you all about it. Don't go anywhere. Building a great investment portfolio for retirement is a lot like a master chef's recipe for a great dish. Good ingredients blended perfectly to get the proper outcome. But just because you know what to use doesn't guarantee a great outcome. Experience matters. How long to cook it, the exact temperature, what it should look like along the way. This is what a great advisor does when they're managing your money. They're in the kitchen. Are the investments blended properly? Are you truly diversified? Do assets move in a non-correlated way to the market, ensuring protection in a downturn? Ovens can be hot, just like the market, and you don't want to get burned. You don't always want the same meal. Now is the time to try something different. Get a different taste, a second opinion on your portfolio. Let the master chefs in the investor's kitchen at Davis Financial Advisors take a look at your financial recipe. Get their unbiased look at your current investment recipe. Call them now, 1-800-682-2806, or visit them online at davisfinancialadvisors.com. Your reservation is waiting. Welcome back to the show. Sean Davis on your radio. Talking about your money, talking about your investments talking about your retirement, talking about um, real diversification. What does it look like if it's out there? Can you get it alone in the stock market? And uh, you're along with me, and i got a couple things I'd like to give you. If you're nervous about all this volatility in the market, if you've known or thought or sensed in your gut that maybe, maybe, just maybe, there's other ways out there to invest that aren't so stock market-centric, then I'd encourage you to call us. I've got a couple things I'll give you. Here's the number. Write it down. Call it now. 800 800- 682-2806. I'm going to give you two things. I've got a Davis Financial Advisors call to action. you got to take action. The case for a second opinion on your investment planning. Five reasons why now is the time. I've also got a Davis Financial Advisors Millionaire Handbook. 22 urgent portfolio moves to consider before year end. I'll give you that one as well. And all you got to do is phone us. 800-682-2806. My team's standing by. They're going to ask you a few brief, simple questions. Helps us to get a snapshot of what you're doing, and then we'll email you this information or send it out via regular mail today. And we'll give you a chance to, to sit down with us one-on-one and uh, get a second opinion on what you're doing. So before the break and through the uh, prior um, uh, portion of the show, I talked about how difficult it is to get diversification in the stock market alone. And um, subsequently, I said, you know, there is a model. We have found a model that is an exceptionally good model. We think it's a diversified model. It's the Yale Endowment Fund and their model of diversification. So Yale's endowment performance has been legendary over the last 20 years. Their chief investment strategist, David Swinson, really pioneered a substantial departure away from traditional stock market equities toward a more balanced and diversified portfolio. In 1985, Yale had almost 60% of its total endowment fund, which is kind of like a retirement fund for college. So you retirees out there, think of the mindset that you have. You want to protect and preserve that principle. You need to draw income from it and Hopefully, you want to make it bigger later. Well, they have that same goal with the endowment. It's their version of the college's retirement. So back in 1985, Yale had almost 60% of its allocation in domestic equities. Since 1985, Yale has been consistently reducing their exposure to domestic equities. You might be surprised to know that Yale now only holds 6% of their fund allocation in domestic stock market equities. The two largest categories or allocations in the fund are private equity and real estate. So here's how it goes. Private equity, 35% of the fund. Real assets, uh, dirt trees, tangible stuff, physical stuff, energy, 22%. Absolute return strategies, 18%. Think of those as kind of like hedge funds. Foreign equity, 8%. Natural resources, 7%. 
domestic equity, 6%, bonds and cash, 4%. So if one of the most successful endowment funds in the world only has 6% of its investment allocation in the stock market, what does that say about their confidence in the stock market for the future? It's a different market today. I think that ones truly making money are those really complex computer traders that make movements in nanoseconds. Have you ever thought about that? How much of the market's movements make sense anymore? With the advancements in computer trading and the power that computer models have, you know, they're moving markets in nanoseconds, getting in and out in uh, microseconds. So that wasn't around 40 years ago when the parents, when your parents might have been in the market. Uh, but it's a reality today, and it's, it's made it a completely different market. Now, I also find it interesting that Yale has its highest allocation in what we call private equity. The private equity is the private non-public ownership of a business interest. Public equity is the stock market. Private equity is the ownership of a business that's not publicly traded. Obviously, one of the disadvantages of non-traded investments is their lack of liquidity because they're not publicly traded. You know, they're not in the market, so they're less liquid. Think of a rental property. It's not in the stock market, but it's less liquid. Secondarily, they're more difficult to monitor or track. Think of it this way. You can't track minute by minute your investment value in a rental property on your smartphone, but you can do that in the stock market. Uh, before I get to some of the advantages of illiquid investments, let me give you a few examples to see if you recognize these companies that are privately held. This is according to Forbes. All of the following companies are privately held. Big company out there called Cargill. Bass Pro Shops went up in our local area in Rockland. Edward Jones is privately held. Save Mart Supermarkets, Levi Strauss and Company, Winco Foods, Bloomberg, Hilton Worldwide, Amway, Fidelity Investments. Oh my gosh. Fidelity, which represents the public markets, is actually privately held. Isn't that interesting? Toys R Us, Del Monte, Sports Authority, Petco, Rayleigh's, Fry's Electronics. These are all companies that you've probably heard of, and all of them are privately held. Sean, why would Yale want to own companies that are privately held? That's a great question. I don't know for sure, but if I had to guess, I would guess that they like private companies because they tend to look and act like what they are instead of looking and acting like the stock market. Think about it this way. I mean, you can own trees, uh, own trees as an investment in the stock market, but when you put trees in the stock market, they look and act like stock. They don't look and act like trees. You can own um, self-storage. You can own it outside the stock market, and it looks and acts like self-storage. But if you take self-storage as an investment and put it into the stock market, it's going to be negatively affected by the same news uh, of China that roiled the markets a few months ago. Um, it's going to be affected by that same thing. When It's ironic that nothing about the underlying real estate really changed from one day to the next. So investments in the market tend to move together. Investments outside of the market tend to look and act like what they are. And that's one of the core uh, reasons why Yale has taken a bit of a different approach. And at Davis Financial Advisors, you know, our model is uh, loosely based on the same assumption, the idea that, that investing both with market-based investments and investments outside of the stock market, that's a better all-world, all-weather version of diversification than one or the other exclusively. So here's who you're talking to. Here's my philosophy. I told you at the start of the show this is one of the most important questions you can ask whoever you're working with or whoever you propose to work with. Here's my philosophy. Number one, I believe that it's nearly impossible to get true diversification in the stock market alone. As an individual investor, it's virtually impossible to get true diversification in the stock market. Secondly, I feel as though the stock market is poised for a significant correction. I feel very similar to the way I felt prior to the market's fall in 2008, 2009. 
I feel that the market is influenced by more and more factors that I cannot control or decipher, nor can you. And from an investment perspective, I like investments that are real. I like investments that you can touch, investments that have an intrinsic value. I like investments that are human necessary. In other words, investments that I can't imagine the world living without. Examples would include dirt, trees, real estate, energy, and many more. And if these investments are real and tangible, human-necessary investments, then it's harder to see them challenged significantly in the future. And I like a whole bunch of them put together in a very strategic portfolio. We have a chair in our office. It's got 15 legs, and it's a visual example of real diversification. The legs are meant to represent different investments, investments that don't all trade in the stock market. They don't all move together. They don't have the same strengths or weaknesses, and it really does look and act different. I'm an advocate of real, true diversification. And if that makes sense to you, if you believe you should have a better version of diversification, then call us, 800-682-2806. I'll give you two things if you call. I've got a call to action, the case for a second opinion on your investment planning, five reasons why now is the time. It's about 32 pages. I'll send that to you. I've also got a Davis Financial Advisors Millionaire Handbook, 22 urgent portfolio moves to consider before year end. Both are yours if you phone us at 800-682-2806. We'll also offer you an opportunity to sit down with us one-on-one, but the toll-free number is 800-682-2806. Call it. It's your money. You're paying for the lessons. You might as well get educated. And I'll see you next week, same time, same place. My name is Sean Davis. This has been Uncommon Investments and Resources. Different types of investing involve varying degrees of risk, including market fluctuation, possible loss of principal value, or liquidity. There can be no assurance that any investment strategy will be profitable. The show is now over, but this is the critical question that only you can answer. Was it informative and helpful? Sean and his team feel that financial advisors should bring you knowledge, information, and resources that you cannot easily come by on your own. Otherwise, what is the point of a financial advisor? If you can do what they do, you probably don't need one. There are two ways to make the information you heard here today more valuable to you. First, call or go online to receive the white papers Sean offered. Having a tangible copy of the information will allow you to take notes and review. Second, take the advantage of the opportunity to sit down with an advisor one-on-one. Retirement planning is complex and individual. It requires the knowledge of professionals. If you requested information, you will be called to personally schedule your no-obligation private meeting. Call 800-682-2806. That's 800-682-2806. Online at davisfinancialadvisors.com.